0: Hello and welcome to We're Listening, the podcast all about Frasier. I'm Will. I'm Key. And this week we're looking at Season 2, Episode 3, The Matchmaker, in which Frasier attempts to play Cupid between Daphne and his new station manager, Tom Durant, only to get caught in the crossfire. So in this episode, Key Frasier says, quote, I love London. I want to ask you, what are your opinions on our capital? Okay, so
1: um, <laughs> settle down, listeners. You've got some
0: opinions you want to vent.
1: <laughs> I lived in London for three years because mm-hmm. when I was at uni, and it's horrible. It's just, it just <laughs> no nice way of saying it. London is horrible. No like if you, if you are gonna come and visit England, don't go to London because it's it's like it's it's dirt, like it's just it's it's busy all the time. Everyone's in a mood because it's busy, which I couldn't understand. I was always in a mood, but they Everyone's
0: are always going from one place to another, aren't they? And if you get yeah. any way in in kind of obstructing them. The
1: only way to travel effectively is the tube, and the tube is horrible, especially in the summer when it's oh, boiling God. hot. I've I've been on the tube at nine, like you know, half eight in the morning, when it's absolutely packed, it's thirty odd degrees but it feels more because on the tube like genuinely on the on the tube it probably in terms of temperature you wouldn't legally be able to transport castle it is yeah, so
0: truly really so that's honestly the case i um i interned down there oh three 3 years ago and i was on the i was on the central line which is famous for being the hottest um yeah. and i i think it got to about 42 degrees on there at its height yeah. and i'm not joking i would just step off this and my t-shirt was like plastered to me yeah.
1: if in you're in a suit crazy. as well with a tie and it's oh it's my, yeah awful. i was
0: fortunate i wasn't heavily dressed but you going yeah if you've ever been yeah. which i'm sure you have going to go back and forth fully dressed to the nines it's absolutely horrendous Um, I I lived on the Central Line. Oh, there you go. So you were on that that hot box a lot. (laughs) (laughs) I'm
1: not a fan of London. Generally, like... Don't get me wrong. There are some great things about London. The theatre is fantastic. The art is great. Whatever you want to do in London, London doesn't sleep. So you can do whatever you want. However... As the same token, London doesn't sleep, okay? <laughs> I'm very I'm not really a city guy and what I like about Birmingham is that Birmingham is sort of a city, but I think there's quite a town feel to Birmingham. Yeah, it's Birmingham not... loves to go to sleep
0: at a reasonable hour. <laughs>
1: <It does. laughs> it really ten does. o'clock ten <laughs> o'clock at night on, on birmingham, everything's stopped and on a Sunday nothing gets started. It's great. I <laughs> love it. But true. I'm not I'm not a big fan of London. And no offence to any Londoners out there, you know, your city's got some great things, but it's just not for me.
0: I think in many ways it is exactly how New York is. There's probably a lot of you Americans that detest New York and it's kind of like dominance in American culture. There's also the element of like it being kind of a romanticized export. London is definitely romanticized and New York is certainly so to us. Um, I've never been. I obviously have images of like Home Alone and all these vast, amazing kind of vistas of New York at Christmas and stuff. And of course... They don't always look like that. But yes, a great segue into this week's episode, Keith. for <laughs> sharing your thoughts on London. A good way to get about London, actually, is tied to the animation this week. Did you uh, make a note?
1: Uh, I think, was it a helicopter?
0: It was a was new it? one. I believe this is the first time I've seen the helicopter. I always get a little bit of a buzz when it's uh, a new animation. Um, generally, the opening of this episode, so loud and chaotic, which is like the first thing that I've kind of noted down how unusual that is. Because Frasier is so quiet as a show. It's something we've talked about a lot. And, you know, the, the scene does eventually quiet down. But um, we've talked before about that community Frasier sleepers that, you know, listen to Frasier to fall asleep. A lot waking of people, back up again. Yeah, a lot of people casually put <laughs> Frasier on and just let it run. You know, if you put season two on, this is on the first disc. If you put play all on, think, oh, I'm going to knuckle down, have a nice sleep tonight this episode comes on, you're going to be woken up. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it is... There's something about like smoke alarms,
1: isn't there? It's just ear-splittingly loud.
0: Yeah, and, and the fact we have this and we have the emergency broadcast being tested later. Like, this episode in high-piercing noises, <laughs> there's really something in the water. But, I mean, how, how are you smoke alarms if you've ever had one kind of rudely go off on you like this?
1: Um, Not, not in the middle of the night. Uh, no, I haven't I, actually,
0: I don't think.
1: My smoke alarm in the flat is such that if you are ever cooking in the kitchen, you have to shut the door. If you don't shut the door, the smoke alarm will go off no matter what. You're doing
0: really it's like a hypersensitive one
1: yeah and it's when it goes off it's i'm, I'm just that guy who stands next to a tea towel flapping for no reason <laughs> i have done that morning. many times many times. Uh, in comparison when i was a kid i remember once the smoke alarm going off my granddad just walked in with a tea towel and just, i don't know how he did it he did it in the coolest way i've ever seen just <laughs> one flap and it was done and then he walked <laughs> off without saying anything and we were like <laughs> one wow. flap that's how powerful it was the smoke was just
0: instantly out of the room
1: in comparison i am not a one flap <laughs> I'm a very,
0: very flapper. You are several flat. You're like a matador trying to tame the smoke in the kitchen. Um, um, so we have
1: to go. Me, do we have to go to trivia corner?
0: Oh, for God's sake! I've done it again, <laughs> haven't I? Right, you know what? I'm not editing this out. I'm not editing this out. Listeners, this happens quite often. I forget to go to Trivia Corner. We're going to go to Trivia Corner now, and we'll jump back into the view afterwards. Um, we'll keep this nice and keep this nice and uh, nice and natural. No need to edit this out. So we've been sent in lots of great questions this week. Cam Winston has sent in two of his own, two from Preston, our man of the floor plan over at the Fraser Project, two from Anna as well. And Mischief Knight and Recklia have also sent some in as well. Key's going to read me out some of those. I haven't looked at them ahead of time, I promise. Key, do you want to kick things off with the questions you originally wrote for me? Okay, so my questions first. <clears throat> okay, so question
1: one. That's what
0: is the name of the German guy that Roz recommends for Daphne. I, you're going to think that I've I've cheated or that I'm looking this up or that I've written it down. But I, honestly, my antenna went crazy when this was read out because I was like, he is going to ask me this. I think it might be Gunter Dietrich. Yeah, definitely. I'll give you that. Is it close? Maybe not spot on? I think it's pretty much. Yeah,
1: Gunther Dietrich. I'm not sure about pronunciation, but yeah. Yeah, he's German
0: and he sounds it. (laughs) (laughs) Gunther Dietrich. Dietrich. Okay, Okay, one um, out of three,
1: not too bad. Question two. Mm -hmm. What time was Frasier woken up?
0: Oh, I also think I might know this. It's three or four a.m., but. Yeah. It's definitely one of those. Your question is which? I am going to go with 4 a.m. Oh, well.
1: No! <laughs> <laughs> I, think it, I think it's 3 a.m. Um.
0: Oh, God. So annoying. I do this all the time. Anytime it gets out to 50 50, my track record on this show is terrible. terrible.
1: <laughs> okay. My third question
0: mm-hmm. What is different
1: about Niles' drink?
0: Oh, man. Okay. I don't. I'm actually surprised. I'm not surprised because I'm not going to get 3 out of 3 this week because I didn't get the 3am one. But I love this Niles quote. It's one of my favourites. I I quote it all the time in in general life. I believe the chocolate shavings have switched to an inferior domestic brand and are mm -hmm, mm -hmm, waxy. (laughs) Yes, exactly. (laughs) Hang on. Absolutely brilliant David Hyde-PS moment, that is. It's so good. Okay, three excellent questions there, Keith. So I'm going to move over to K- Cam Winston's, Anna's, and Preston's now. i read these okay. out to you. So Cam Winston first, a.k.a. Hamish. How long did the KACL emergency alarm go for, which we've already mentioned when we prematurely started the episode? Oh, God, I don't... Well, okay, so... you The alarm's going off. Mm -hmm.
1: Then he says about how it's a real thing. Your radio will be melting your hands right now. And then it ends. That
0: is is the answer, I think. I think Can one? He put, how long did the KSL emergency alarm go, go on for? And he put, trick question. They never say. Just if it was a real emergency, their radios would be melting in their hands. And also, okay. I think you, you probably could have actually counted how many seconds, but then I guess we yeah, join the I'll, scene no, midway, do going my next thing. I was going to say, was it like three seconds before I turned the alarm off? Yeah, because um, we actually joined the scene when it's midway on. But there you go. He's trying to trick you up with a trick question there. He's really out of the blood this week. Okay, second question. Even though Daphne said she wasn't raising her hopes up with Tom, what is it that she's glad she did that night? Oh, I think I think I know this. Is it uh, she's glad that she raised her buzz up? She's indeed with a little cursory <laughs> tap of her chest and a little pursing of her lip she does as well, yeah. Excellent. Okay, over to Anna, aka Rosalinda, as Hamish always calls her. What is the title of the book Niles returns to Frazier? Oh I really God. love this actually because I remember this scene when I watched this ep, and I, I thought oh, maybe I should pause and try and see what that book is, and I never did because I was too lazy. And did I say it out loud at any stage? I Wait, don't think so. I think you just see it on the cover. I've got no chance then. Uh, okay, you're not good what with the, the visual the... stuff. We've never we known this.
1: <laughs> okay, what what is the sort of book that Niles would give Frazier? I think it can
0: only be one one book. Um, where's, Wally? <laughs> where's Wally? Where's it, Wally? Where's it... Wally? The bifurcated self, which actually sounds like it could have been written by Stanislav Grove, who wrote the holotropic Mind from like a space quest. so there you go. Sorry, what was the the bill of the bifurcated oh. self? So bifurcation is like when something's split in two. So, oh, okay. basically, about split personalities or something like that, I think. Oh, okay, I get it. it. it I get sense. it. <laughs> I'm trying to see if it works. Obviously, it's got a psychological thing. I'm trying to see if it works in the, you know, in the episode maybe, like because there's there's two selves going on here, like you know, Fraser as being perceived as gay by Tom, but obviously straight to himself and playing cupid. So I don't know. Maybe there's something there. Maybe it's a little a little nod to something. Maybe. Uh, maybe. Second question from Rosalinda: What are the names of the three guys? Oh, there you go. So we've. You've already mentioned one of these. What are the names of the three guys Roz mentions as potential dates for Daphne?
1: Okay, so we've got Gunther. We do. We have Gunther, Dean Brick. Um, I think the other two was it Sven? Yes, it was. Was it? Was it like Brick or it Brick? Brick.
0: Yeah, man. Brick. The only time I ever think of Brick as a name is from the Anchorman. You know, Brick Tamland. I think Steve yeah. character. That's the only time I ever know that as a name. I think it's quite an American first name. Um, it is quite American. Not American is yeah. Kennedy Burling, but it's you know it's close. And uh, Preston's questions from uh, the Fraser Project: Daphne changed her dress to impress Tom. What objects were printed on the first dress she wears? Really good, actually. <laughs>
1: I can't even remember the first dress she wears. Um
0: was I mean, I did not notice this. This is Excellent. I,
1: I remember the second dress. Um, I'll give you
0: a clue what you're looking for in this pattern it's it's the same thing repeated in, in the pattern and it is also an object that has been referenced in a previous episode and that we've spoken about at length oh okay it was uh, quite like a unique object unique mm-hmm. um, but unique. would also go on a woman's fashion you know item of clothing so what could it be I know
1: nothing about women's fashion
0: <laughs> I don't know your um, fraternity days I think maybe you do
1: <laughs> there is a reason I'm not one of those guys who buys my girlfriend clothes, because I just know <laughs> it's a <recipe> for disaster.
0: <laughs> um, I've got no idea. I I'd... you, you tap out or just get any object you might see on an item of clothing.
1: A was A was-
0: <laughs> <laughs> That would be awesome. <laughs> a
1: um, a was- It is
0: a bumper chute, otherwise known as an umbrella. It's many umbrellas oh, repeated. Um, so there you go. My Coffee with Niles had a, a bumper chute. Yes, shoot. Oh, it is for My the, yeah. Niles Not even that long ago. I thought it was further back than that. It, it no. could
1: be further, Ash. No, it's in the coffee house. Yeah, so, it no, I think uh, it
0: is Coffee with Niles. Oh, I think yeah. absolutely spot on. And final question. During the final credits, when the exit track is playing, what is Frasier reading? I'll give you a clue. It's not a book. Okay. Okay. So if it's not a book. He's I mean, studying I, something. I remember. I mean, I thought he was having a cigarette
1: in the last scene. So I'm going to say, was he reading the the cigarette packet?
0: Yes, he was. It was a cigarette really? packet, old well, bloke. not too Ooh. bad at all. There. That's uh, <laughs> some really good questions there, actually. Some, really some good I questions. Might, uh, yeah. Throw you off, but you've, you've done pretty well. Yeah. Well played. So I believe you've got some from Mischief Knight and Reckley to read out to me.
1: Okay. So uh, Mischief
0: Knight's first question role. Who is the first character we see in this episode? Oh, it's got to be Martin because he runs out calling for Eddie.
1: Correct it is. Yes! We see, it was him or see Fray- Martin. Yeah, we see Martin first. We hear Frasier first, but we, we see We do Martin. indeed. We're like, oh my god! <laughs> <Brilliant>. <laughs> okay, this is a really good question. and oh, I would not no, I'm have, scared! I'm uh, scared! I wouldn't would have had a hope of getting this. Um, <laughs> okay, question two. Oh my god. When Tom goes into
0: Roz's booth... Who's the caller and where are they from? Oh, my God. I did hear this. I'm going to... I think I'm going to say John from Tacoma. Oh, well, you're so close. Oh. Oh. Damn, it's, what is it? It's James from Tacoma. Oh, my God. That is so close. I've got to take half a point from that. <laughs> oh, man. I don't know yet. I vaguely remember it being read out, and it just stuck with me because of the whole the running gag. Oh, I always say I liked the call from Tacoma because there's always one from Tacoma. So, see, it even works in real life. <laughs> just say Tacoma <laughs> and it will come off.
1: Okay, am I, and, well, on my note, th- Steve's nice for third, third question. <laughs> On, man. Um, what does Daphne claim the blokes her girlfriend used to set her up with were not reaching for?
0: Oh man, it's on the tip of my tongue. Not, not reaching for the Coleman's mustard. Yes, Coleman's hot mustard. Yes, Coleman's hot mustard. Because I remember I've actually made a note of this because I wanted to talk to you about mustard. So there we go. Not reaching for the Coleman's hot mustard. She talks about like their boarding house reach or something as well, which I think is like maybe. The idea of, you know, when people you're sleeping in that kind of environment, maybe you're like thieving from people, so you're like overreaching or being lecherous. I don't know. Um, oh. It's an interesting turn of ex- turn of uh, phrase, which I wonder where that comes from. There you go. Okay. And the
1: last question for this week's trivia corner is from, is Reclia. from Reclia. It's from we Reclia. We haven't forgotten Reclia this week. <laughs> okay. So a trivia question: Near the <clears throat> end of Tom and Frazier's first meeting at KACL, Roz interrupts yep. them by telling Frazier he has so many seconds before he goes live. How many seconds was it?
0: Oh my God. So is this, I presume she says it right before he says, say, Tom, this is a little short notice, but you want to come to mine on Saturday type? Must be around. I think so.
1: I have a sort of a thing of her sort of like maybe knocking on the glass slightly and saying, you've got X.
0: Yeah. I'm going to say 20.
1: Oh, Will, you're so close oh, again. again. Oh, not again.
0: 15 seconds oh man god it has not been my day trivia has not been kind today she has not blessed me so Um, close mate on all of them so so close close. those excellent questions though thank you everyone has sent them in actually i don't know why i feel like that's one of the best trivia corners we've had in ages not because of our answers but i just think the the quality of the questions is really high there so absolutely brilliant we can now get back to the review that I prematurely started and had to kind of walk back, thanks to Key reminding us. Um, I think I was just about to say, I love the line from Daphne where she says, it would be less upsetting to just wake up on fire on about the uh, the waking up to, a, to a, a smoke alarm, which I just, I really appreciated Daphne having such a good line so early on, because we've talked about her not being as prevalent in the episodes yet, same with Roz. And obviously, I think something we'll probably mention as this episode goes on is that this really is like a Daphne-heavy one.
1: Yeah, I think this is by far, for me, this is the biggest Daphne episode we've had so far. I, in fact, it's the biggest of both Roz and Daphne in terms of a female episode. Yeah. I think this is the most we get to see women, and they get to really have much more of a, a comedic impact, perhaps, than they've they've had the opportunity to do so previously.
0: Yeah, massively so. I, I just love, like, Frasier and Daphne's what relationship how it develops as well kind of in the beginning. throughout fact across this whole episode, even though Fraser ultimately makes a complete, you know, unintentional arse of himself, his his intentions are good and you know, the way the episode is bookended with them smoking and stuff suggests that she ultimately forgives him. And uh, I just think that their, the way their relationship grows over this episode is like a really nice step that it takes. That, that kind of tender moment they have right at the beginning where she's talking about the flower of, of her youth rotting on the vine. Like, this kind of funny, but also very bleak, like, description. And, you know, Frace is like, oh, sure, we should tell me about it. Like, you know, he can't the psychiatrist in him can't go to sleep on knowing that in the living room he's kind of waiting for him it's, it's
1: a really nice moment is of him him trying to go back to bed that little <laughs> pause come on tell yeah, me about yeah you know he's going
0: to come back around the corner don't you like I think that's what we, we love about these characters like Frazier wouldn't go to sleep on that kind of thing and although he's toying with it here you know deep down like, oh, he's, he's going to come back and just yeah what? The episode was really loud and chaotic, but here it's really quiet. I love these kind of nighttime hours, seeing the apartment where like everyone else is asleep and the city's asleep. It's very kind of relaxing at this point.
1: I, I, I know on KACL, there's a couple of reviews at the top of. The, the website because I've got this description. Oh, right. Okay. And one of them says that it starts quite slow. I don't think this episode starts slow at all. I think it starts with a bit of a bang. And
0: yeah, massively. Right into into probably the most chaotic F. Fraser episode can start.
1: Yeah. I mean, just uh, let me see if I've got the. the yeah. The only slow parts with a beginning which could have had more of an impact is what Matthew Barr wrote about it. Ah. But I, I find it quite strange. I mean, I really like, and, uh, of course, you've got all the chaos of the alarms going off, and then uh, Eddie comes in with Daphne. Cigarettes. Excellent. I love that Frasier doesn't miss a beat and instantly, (laughs) you've been smoking, haven't you, Eddie? It's really, really nicely done. And another little thing I've picked up on because I think Martin says that his heart, um, yeah, it should only be an hour before my heart stops fibrillating. Mm-hmm. I've never heard that word without defibrillating fibrillating I've only ever heard
0: the D. Really? I, I've never heard I'm, just fibrillating. I'm fairly certain my nan has a condition called AF, which is arterial fibrillation. Um, and it's like a common term for like a heart that I think maybe has an irregular rhythm um, or that might kind of like, you know, spike in, in, in its kind of beats per minute. Um, but yeah, I think I think fibrillation means it's basically, well, a, a defibrillator obviously restarts the heart. So fibrillation would mean that it's kind of slowing down or stopping in some ways. But obviously that's not what's happening here because Martin's heart's going like the clappers because, you know, he's been woken up. So, yeah.
1: If any of our listeners have got any kind of background. In any
0: it, MDs know. are listening. We could Google this, but, you know, it's always much more interesting to let you guys tell us um, because, you know, it's just i like the the interaction there it's, it's it's boring and cheap to just google everything but yeah interesting interesting point there i think daphne's points are quite valid at this point you know she she doesn't have much of a social life is what she's saying as well and i you know we see her a few episodes in a few episodes time and a bit more down the line, like her going out with like her girlfriends and stuff, but she, you know, she doesn't have like much of a life outside the house. So I think all these, you know, these anxieties she has are perfectly valid. Um, and then I I think, sorry, you go, you go.
1: I was going to say, am I not right? Doesn't she only get like one day off a week uh, in terms of evenings? Because I'm sure she says at one stage, I know it's not my normal night off, but can I switch it? I think when she wants to go out with Eric, the red,
0: Eric the Red, man. Yeah. Mate, she's like that the guy. The Counter-Drama Special Blend. How <laughs> <I> can <resist. laughs> um, But yeah, that's a really good point, actually. And also just, like, very draconian measures from Frazier. I just, like, you know, it, her job is so... I don't know what the word is, but it's it's not exactly taxing. She's, like, folding not... socks one day, then she's doing 10 minutes of, like, you know decramping martin's legs like
1: she just lifts his knees up for 10 minutes she does not do
0: a fat lot so i think fraser's kind of a bit too regimented there and you know i think she's right to maybe feel a little bit aggrieved and the irony is you know Frazier doesn't realize he's the one crimping that love life a lot weirdly i noticed a miniature pendulum clock on the bookshelf behind fraser's head when he was talking to her and it's the first time i ever saw that like ornament and it's probably there every episode but there you go i had to make a note of it because Anytime we see anything for the first time in this, you know, I think it's novel, considering we've watched it about 10 times. And yeah, like weirdly, because the episode's really slow and quiet, it's like actually kind of sets the rhythm in the background because it's like, you know, it is visually there. And you can see it moving. So a really kind of tiny little detail that's probably just incidental to the uh, to the scene that I really enjoyed. And then after this point, when is talking about Lilith, he's like, I gave my heart to Lilith. And he says, "Uh, we remember a few weeks ago, or it might even be further ago, um, Mischief Knight said... That There were two references quite close by to a quiz in art, um, which is like a blender. And obviously, nah. this is that second one where he says, you know, she threw the heart into the cuisine art and hit the puree button. It's a great line, but yeah, like I just, I just remember Mischief Night kind of flagging this. It,
1: it, I think it's a really nice little bit from frazier The way he he tries to cheer up, and in doing so, just depresses himself. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, he just takes a cigarette. I was feeling low once, and I met this great girl. She was amazing, and then she left me at the altar. But I got <laughs> yeah, back I got on. On. <laughs> it was, It's a really nice little bit, and and Frasier, he just he, oh, he does it so well, that little I don't know, does someone else seeing Kelsey grandma with a cigarette that it just Yeah, didn't...
0: what always gets me is that he knows how to hold it really well and that is strange because Kelsey would know. Fraser wouldn't know, in my opinion, how to hold a cigarette properly. Obviously he smokes cigars and stuff, presumably, but a cigarette is obviously very different and I don't know. I, I don't think Frasier should have looked as comfortable smoking as he did, you know, because he makes it look really effortless and cool. He does. I mean, in no way are we advocating smoking
1: here, okay, but Kelsey looks good with a cigarette. It's so simple,
0: you know, just ultimately look very cool doing it. You know, that is an un- un- undeniable fact. Uh, next scene, we are back in Nervosa, and God, does it feel like it has been ages since we've been in Nervosa. I feel like my Coffee with Nars must have been the last time we've seen it. I don't think it featured in either of the first two episodes of this season. Um, so, although that's yeah, only I think two- be so, right yeah though. it's only two weeks but it does feel like ages which means the coffee count has gone up <phone rings> by two Frasier and niles both have coffees at this scene um i don't think ross drinks anything though i could inevitably be wrong while on the subject of the coffee cat here i've got to tell you on reddit and fraser fan club this week someone put up a very interesting metric and that i'm very jealous of that i wasn't keeping track of and they worked out that Niles enters and leaves the apartment or it might have just been enters fraser's apartment something like 900 and something times across the entire show like, they'd counted how many times?
1: I've got um, the Reddit page open right now from reading the trivia. And oh, I think no. it's right underneath that. Oh, it, there you go. It says it was posted by uh, Duplex Move Alex. Something there like that.
0: we go. Got to credit these people. Um, What's the figure again?
1: I just watched every Fraser show. Niles enters Fraser's apartment
0: 977 times. Wow. See, I'm so jealous someone's done that. And I'm also kind of glad that we're doing our own with the coffee count. However... It does also mean that, you know, um, hang on, what was I? Sorry, I was just looking at the coffee count thing and I realised I haven't totaled the coffee count for this week. So I'm going to have to go back and do that.
1: Well, yeah. While you do that, I'm going to just say, like, do you reckon uh, on the last episode there was any kind of temptation just for Niles to run in and out, you know, 23 times very quickly, just to get up to a nice even thousand? If <laughs> I was a show later,
0: that is I what I would if have they'd act- If they had actually counted on the show, then maybe he would have done that. But yeah, um, I thought they never got to that stage when they were <laughs> We just had to take a quick break because I had to go back and look at all of the previous coffee counts that I'd missed. And I think we are now at 33 total. I had to go all the way back to my coffee with Niles and I realised probably in that episode of the podcast I didn't tally them. If I did, please remind me. But I think we're now at 33 because of the two drank in this episode. That was much harder work than it should have been. <laughs> Some brilliant lines across the whole spectrum here in Navosa in from Ross saying... You look like you've just been ridden hard and put away wet, which is just always funny. Um, And probably one of the best Niles lines of season two, which is Sven Gunther Brick. Why not just lather Daphne up with baby oil and hurl her over the wall of a prison yard? Not only is it hilarious, but it's also just so horrendously graphic as well. Like the implications of that are like almost too horrible to comprehend. Yeah,
1: I mean it's certainly yeah, it's yeah, really it's awful. Just, it's the only
0: David Hyde Pierce can deliver that line. It's just every it's just him, isn't it? It's just it's just it's the, just yeah, quintessential. I think the way he's like hello over the prison yard, or the way he just gets so animated, and then you kind of under undercutting in with you know, listen, you little tit mouse. <laughs> Love that because I just you don't think she's going to say mouse. <laughs> you just hear, listen, you little tit. Tit mouse yeah. is just such a kind of cute word as well. So to use it with such malice as she does it's hilarious
1: i love the way that fraser steps in and tries to play the peacemaker he's like <laughs> niles you're out of line but he does have a point
0: <laughs> yeah fraser really gets back on the horse here no you know no pun intended after ross saying he's <laughs> yeah. ridden hard but just really going in again on the old slut shaming of ross and making her feel terrible for her uh for her kind of life Decisions and choices, when you know she gets her black book out, her little black book. I don't know if this kind of flags to you, but I feel like this is a really common trope in like American sitcoms and popular culture, like the idea of the little black book.
1: I think yeah, it is, and I think definitely of a certain time it is because I think. There was a time when if you met someone, you had to write down their number and they had to call you. Because-
0: <laughs> yeah, it wasn't all so, done digitally.
1: Genuinely, I sometimes wonder how the human race, you know, did not go into extinction. Because I you know. think people met in bars and clubs, they had to have a pen on them. They had to write down <laughs> a number. They had to give it to the other person. The other person had to not lose that number. They had to get home. They had to make a phone call on a phone in a house that only one person. <laughs> Use at a time they had to call that <laughs> other person that other person had to be in and the phone had to be available at the time they had to avoid their parents whilst they answered the phone and then they had to arrange a meeting point in which they would both meet at the same time with no <laughs> checking out the other person getting there that's See, crazy giving me <laughs>
0: a fibrillation here, just here. <laughs> honestly right everything you just described <coughs> it just stresses me out so much <laughs> so i'm coughing now <coughs> i'm laughing at that the idea of like yeah having to do all of that i mean now it's just too easy easy i think it is way too easy now and we take that for granted we're like more disconnected than ever but yeah like the, the, the hoops you had to jump through back in the day to like get a set of data it just makes it question was the effort ever worth it i don't know and that's maybe
1: why people were more committed because you had to put so much effort in just to meet the person. Maybe,
0: yeah. And like, well, well, you, well, you put that kind of effort in these days and you're immediately like, you know, screenshotting and put on Twitter as like a creep. You know, like, who is this guy who's like relentlessly pursuing me? <laughs> who's this guy with
1: a biro in the- <laughs> the <top? laughs>
0: Who I met in a pub like last Friday night. Um, so at this point, we, we we leave Nervosa, and the kind of brilliant back and forth between the three of them. We have the emergency broadcast system, which if actually I wonder if that actually happens in America, where they actually have those. If anyone could kind of remind us or, or tell us in the comments, I'd be really interested because it would be terrifying to hear. Um, a little bit like the whole the myth around the Orson Welles production of the War of the Worlds, like hearing that live and thinking it's real. You know, it, it would be it would be terrifying to hear that on the radio. We enter Tom Durant at this point. And he has—he's got a really nice way about him. I think it's—I think it's Eric Lutz that plays him. He's—he's he's got kind of got that face and persona that I always recognise and think I've seen him in loads of things. But he's actually not in that many think like TV or films I've seen. I only ever think of him as Tom Duran. But I think he has been in a few films maybe I've watched, but. I just think he's got a really good way about him. Let's be clear. If Frazier was gay, Tom is out of his league. He really <laughs> is, yeah. Like I mean, th- on one hand they'd make a great, you know, pairing. But yeah, I definitely agree with you there.
1: I mean, we we've you know, obviously we've said in some episodes oh, you know, Roz, Daphne, they look great. So let's give Tom his due. Tom looks phenomenal. He really
0: <laughs> does, man. He scrubs up well <laughs> You know, it's Frazier's tie. I mean, that's something. But he takes his glasses off at the end of the episode. I mean Oh, wow. I wanna talk oh. about that look later, but that is incredible. That is such a good but yeah like i just the lines like yes but i haven't given up hope like i love that line because he's he's really kind of charming but also quite human in this scene but also when he says that which is quite clearly a funny line there's no laugh track and he almost has to like smirk himself to like bring the joke back into the scene you know to undercut the tension like he he does like a little smirk after it i'm just like why isn't there a laugh track
1: there Like I like that line. A couple of moments in this episode where I think there should be a laugh track and there wasn't. I, I, when he, when earlier on, you know, the line I just pointed out where Frazier goes, you know, uh, out of line here, but Rossi does have a point. I don't think there was much of a laugh track to that one, whereas I felt that could have been played for laughs a lot more than it was.
0: Yeah, um, no, I
1: agree with you actually. I, I don't know, maybe maybe I'm misremembering it, maybe there is a bit bigger laugh track that I've given it credit for, but it does, for me, I, I definitely felt in this episode the laugh track was a bit strange, you know, compared to usual.
0: Yeah, maybe a little bit off. One moment where the laugh track is definitely not off is when the beginning of the farce of this episode starts to unfold because obviously that as a genre and what Frazier does so well generally that is what this episode is. It is like archetypal farce. This is where the kind of miscommunication becomes between Frasier and Tom because Tom is gay and he thinks Frazier's coming on to him. Frasier isn't. And when Roz finds this out, bearing in mind she's still very peed off of Frazier, she delivers the line. He's nuts about Chardonnay. <laughs> <laughs> with just... The laugh track is mad at that point. Just, yeah. Just a great line. Great from Raz. Again, kind of sucks that maybe they could have worked her into the dinner party in some way. as like, I don't know, what kind of comic relief how they'd have got her there. You know, maybe it would have been like a... You know Frasier and Roz getting to know the new station manager as like the main kind of ruse of the party but then obviously the ulterior motive is get daphne with him um so maybe they could have written Roz into the scene in some way but that's just me you know being greedy because i wanted to see more ross um, it's
1: funny you say that because this episode always kind of reminds me of the two mrs cranes big time big another time. great fast um, and that is one where it's basically this plot but with Ros there as well, sort of. That's thing. so true. Yeah, a very similar kind of vibe to it. Um, but do you think that Tom is quite presumptuous? Because I don't think. If I was, if it was my first day of a new job and a colleague said, "I'll come round for dinner," you know, I would not automatically assume, "Are oh, he, we? He's hitting on me."
0: I do think he's presumptuous. However. Frasier is so camp and like Tom yes. can already tell immediately, like he's got a great tie on. I mean, not that that's a giveaway, but Frasier clearly very well spoken. He's, you know, he's got that way about him that maybe, you know, Tom's kind of radar here is kind of flagging up a little bit, but oh, you know, I do, I do agree with you. I think he's a bit presumptuous. Um, and he I, I don't know, he seems he doesn't he doesn't seem arrogant in any way, but he also he's not like, you know, shy or, or kind of meek in any way either. He's he's quite confident and assured of himself. So I, think, I just think he's a really interesting character and something we'll probably talk about later, but it's worth mentioning now. Is that he's only in one other episode and it's very fleeting. I think it's in the it? end of this season, Agents like in America. BB
1: tries to jump, is it? I think? Yeah,
0: yeah, and like Fraser yeah. rushes into his office and he just kinda like, you know, him and Frasier are talking like normal and he has about two lines in this scene and I just, yeah, think- I just
1: remember him saying we're not letting you go after this and then i think he walks out of the room yeah
0: it's just it? it's real it's a real shame i think he's a great character and they end on really good terms at the end of this episode so there's no reason for him not to be it i just yeah maybe they're just they could only get eric Lutz for a cameo or i don't know the, the kind of reasoning behind it but there we are i always love when you see roz kind of dealing with the little tapes this is like a real side tangent here but i've always thought about you know with the way analog media is these days kind of getting stuff on vinyl I'd love to try and get our first or maybe our second podcast episode like put onto a tape. I don't know how we'd even go about doing that. Obviously, you'd have to buy a tape and then somehow play it through a maybe burn it onto a CD, I think may, might work. And if you play that in like a boombox, CD then, onto, yeah, yeah, burnt it onto the tape. Um, but I thought that that would be something really cool to do. Just have like a... I do own a cassette player, so I can listen to it if we have a manager. Oh my god, there you go. Well, I'll keep that in mind if I can ever uh, manage to do it. I don't think we have a cassette player anywhere. Um, oh, I've got this really man. cool. Um, it's not actually at the flat because I can't fit it in the flat. But sorry, oh it's, it's my back. god, how big is it? I
1: love it. It's a it's a record player, a cassette player, and a radio in one. Oh my god. Um, it looks gorgeous, mate. I love it. Um it's like Stonehenge, like when Fraser boys. Are massive <laughs> <but>. <laughs> It's like this really nice, like wooden little thing. It's really hard. I'm not good at explaining things,
0: but. You've got to make sure you get a photo to me because it sounds like proper, kind of classic 60s great vibes. Yeah, it is, mate. It's good. It's good. It good. I'm glad you get a lot of enjoyment out of that. <laughs> we used to have something similar, actually, in the sideboard downstairs, which to people who aren't from the UK, it's basically just a cupboard usually in the living room, but it's usually got like crap in it, like vases or DVD collections or something. Um, It's a cupboard, but it's got crap in it. (laughs) (laughs) Which most cupboards in a UK house have in them, let's be honest. So Daphne mentions Coleman's mustard at this point. Are you a fan of Coleman's mustard? OK? I don't think I've ever had Coleman's mustard. What? You've never put that on a bit of, a bit of beef on a Sunday roast. I don't like mustard. Oh, mate. You don't like it, or you've never tried it, or you've tried it. And had it. it. I've had it once, and I felt like my mouth was on
1: fire. I was like, what's going on? not right? nice, really?
0: food, man, are you? <laughs> and so I just looked when that's mustard. I was like, what? No, I don't, <laughs> I, don't like no. I mean, um, Coleman's mustard for like Americans, it is, it is. I love American mustard. Like, I'm not being a snob here. I, I I I would always choose American mustard, but Coleman's mustard is like so, so much hotter. And like you have like too much of it in one bite, and it like it just explodes in your nose. It's like insane. It's like it's not. It's, <laughs> it doesn't it's not sound like, good, Yeah, it's not like normal spice. Like where you feel it in the throat, you, you feel it in the nose instead. It's like honestly, sometimes it's like putting like an industrial solvent in your mouth. In. <laughs> I'm really not selling you're, it.
1: You're putting this all over your hot dog. <laughs> no, you
0: you, you you put, you like, put, put like a little bit with like Yorkshire puddings and a bit of beef uh, you're sitting pretty I know there's a few you people you don't that put any any sauce
1: on a Yorkshire pudding never never is that a good idea
0: never, you put it on the side with a bit of you know you put your gravy on the on the puds but then you break a little bit off you dip it in the must. <laughs> you've got wait 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 you've got a Yorkshire pudding soaked in gravy and you're dipping it in mustard yeah just a little bit of mustard <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, this is doing? like the, this is like the can of beans and sausages <laughs> all the way back at the beginning of this podcast food is never gonna go Away.
1: i'm learning new things about you tonight mate
0: <laughs> oh god we'll have to go for a, a carvery at some point kane you can see an action <laughs> Oh god, um, amazing physical comedy from kelsey at this point there's a gif of him doing this and i think i've talked about this before on the podcast but when he asks daphne if she has that strapless number and he kind of like rubs his body and dances with the way he does it like simulating wearing a cocktail dress i don't know how he does this or how many takes this must have you know this took but It's just phenomenal.
1: I think Kelsey's physical acting, particularly in the second half of this episode, is fantastic. And I think there's so many little, quite subtle, but very camp actions
0: from Very much so, they really amp it up in this ep.
1: Yeah, and I think even the shirt he's wearing, with it rolled up, at the um the sleeves up to his yeah, elbows. Really I odd that shirt. I've made a note of it. I think it all very much buys into the idea that you're meant to buy into the fact that Tom thinks he's gay, and I yeah. I think they do it really well. Actually, I think there's a lot of little subtle things. Like I think there's one point where Daphne like turns around to him because when she's like taking Tom's coat and gives him a look, and he's like he's Are giving you, her a just
0: He looks fabulous, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, It's, it's so, super camp,
1: yeah. Um, but it's interesting. I just, another thing that's on the like, I'm taking this from the KACL script. I don't I uh, don't know how true it is, but just run with um, it. this episode won a special award from GLAD, that being the the Gay and Lesbian Alliance Against Defamation, mm-hmm. in recognition of the difficulty of of introducing gay humour into a mainstream comedy show
0: without conforming to stereotypes. Wow. So, really interesting. That's great. And yeah, I mean, we haven't mentioned the writer this episode yet, but it's Joe Keenan who will be very familiar to fans of Frasier because he's written some of the best episodes. The Ski Lodge, Out with Dad, The Doctor is Out because
1: out, out with dad is very in some ways very similar to this episode yeah
0: as is as is yeah. the doctor is out when patrick stewart thinks he's gay and Frazier doesn't yeah. get that either i mean joe keenan is is in real life he's gay and his his episodes you know often centre around fast and kind of combining those two things but yeah like he doesn't he doesn't mess around with like caricatures or stereotypes as that award said it's just such a brilliantly brilliantly written episode um, and he just he, he is the master of farce in Frasier um, and I know we've kind of constantly teased on the podcast that we're going to release the email interview that I, I did with Joe which is you know obviously will just be me and Key reading his answers because we couldn't get him to, to kind of record of course but I'm sure people want to hear those and we definitely will get that recorded soon in fact we don't know for certain yet whether we're going to record because I'm on holiday next week. So me and key are planning on recording another episode this week. So you won't miss out, but because this is our possibly our first Joe Keenan episode, it might be a good idea to record a smaller bonus episode of that interview. Um, what do you, what do you think of that? Kay?
1: Yeah, that could, that could definitely
0: work. That works quite nicely, doesn't it? Because I think,
1: just so to let everyone gets a heads up, I think you're away next week, aren't you? So we're not recording our normal time next week. No,
0: but, but we are definitely going to have in some form an episode for you to listen to.
1: And then two weeks after you're away, I'm away, so we've got to... Uh, yeah, again, we, we will be... probably have another double record week. Yeah, so just so people are aware with trivia and things, we may be a bit out of sync. I'm not you sure if... we we'll just... yeah,
0: so keep keep sending it and, you know, if we read it out, we read it out. If we don't, you know, we're sorry. Same goes for listener mail. Um, but, you know, everything we just said, we're going to make sure you get episodes where we can. We will only miss a week like we did back just before coffee with Niles. If it's like desperate and we can't do anything because although this is free and it obviously takes up a lot of our time, you know, it's just good form for, you know, everyone listens and we appreciate you listening. So we want to make sure you, you kind of have something every week. Right. So we were talking about Frazier and his kind of simulation of wearing a strapless dress. Tom enters at this point and just Oh, what a view! And then Fraser's like even better from the bedroom, and then just the just the rock of that line landing when you know what's happening here, and then kind of Tom just like you know kind of smirks a little bit and. It's like, oh, you know, let's just start with a drink first. And the way Kelsey kind of laughs it off as well. And like, it's just those lines because the way Tom reacts there, obviously Tom is reacting earnestly, but to Frasier, that would just, he's just making a kind of crude joke and it makes complete sense. And I just think that's where the genius of this episode is. Yeah, it's a really clever joke, isn't it? It's just no good. You
1: can completely understand it from both perspectives. Yeah. Um, Fraser, what well, you just think it was sort of lads messing about sort of thing. Um, yeah, it's that's
0: exactly very... on a banner, isn't it?
1: Uh, so it works really well. It's very 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 clever writing from another from great
0: line from tom is when he's talking to martin who he's also an impression is gay and uh <laughs> martin's like oh i drink at a place called mcginty's a lot of young cops." In the way tom's face goes, going oh, like arches his eyebrows i actually think he makes a little noise on like the audio track i couldn't quite remember but that absolutely kills me every time i watch this episode just like you just feel like everything's kind sort of building up to these punch lines and everything's just kind of getting more and more i mean this is what joe keenan's talked about with fast he says the idea is you keep adding stuff to it like over and over and over until it gets more and more kind of unsustainable it's so ridiculous then eventually it kind of over over boils and it kind of comes to a Kind of comes to its end, but
1: just the way between Tom and Martin's little, um, little dialogue here. What do you think about the way Tom delivers? Do you know when he goes, "Hey, Fraser warned me about you." Yeah, because it's
0: quite a distinctive way, and he sort of wags his finger at him a little bit. And I'm just yeah, not sure yeah. if I like it or not. What I, really weird you say that because the way he says this does always always flags up a little bit, and then the way Martin says, "Oh yeah, I guess I yell at the uh, the refs to the players too loud," and then he kind of like does a quick laugh to like to show that he you know he heard martin's kind of retort martin obviously is still oblivious tom is also oblivious of that kind of that he doesn't know and then they can transition to the next scene but yeah it always flags to me as a weird delivery like do you you kind of not like it because it's a bit like it doesn't feel real or it's a bit like out of character or what is it about it that makes you kind of uncomfortable do you think i don't know just, just for me weirdly it's the
1: wag of the finger
0: it just it feels a bit
1: hammed up in a way that tom has not been hammed up in throughout i think it just it doesn't quite fit with how he's being portrayed throughout the rest of the episode for me, I just find it a, I just find it a
0: bit strange. I think it stands yeah. out a bit. I think, I think that's very fair. I think one of the things we've been talking about a lot as we've gone through the episodes, actually, is certain deliveries of certain lines that maybe feel a little bit strange or out of place because we've been hearing these lines for so long now that we're starting to kind of really, really kind of dissect them. And yeah, that's definitely one of the kind of strange, not strange, one of the most notable deliveries of a line in this episode. Um, For me, like... I agree that the waving of the finger is like a little bit, I don't know the way the camera gets it and he kind of leans back and it almost like it zooms in him a bit. It's a little bit kind of forced, but the way he says, "Oh, hey, Fraser, warned me about you." I don't know. There's quite. It's it's that affable kind of style of Tom that I like so much. I just think, oh, you know, just just another reason why he would have been great in other episodes. I think he's got a really uh, kind of pleasant nature. I think.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'd have definitely liked to have seen him in another season. And for the next, um, I'm conscious that some people. I, I don't want about. I don't know
0: about spoilers and things like that. The next station manager is someone I'm not particularly keen on. I am also not particularly keen on, and I mentioned this actually in the last. episode Episode I recorded with John, um, the one we put up on Sunday, well yesterday. Um, that were, it won't be yesterday for people listening, but uh, the last episode that we released where I spoke to John, I mentioned that I wasn't a particularly big fan either. But yeah, I don't think we need to worry. It's Kate So I, I think most people, Reckley is on like season ten, so spoiler, it's definitely not a problem at this point. I'd
1: like to have seen more Tom, yeah, other than her in my view. Yeah,
0: no, I, I I completely agree. I think Tom is really strong, and it's I don't think that they get the best out of him. He he in my mind would have been as good as like Kenny or someone. I think he could have been a really good stay around station manager where a few jokes, a few plots could have kind of worked from him. I mean, what I'd have liked to have
1: seen is um, Kenny, uh, Ned Miller and Tom. Just one episode, just the three of them.
0: Just see how they get on that together. would have been so good. Ned Miller would like eat <laughs> Tom for breakfast, I think. I don't think he would suffer Tom gladly. I don't, he doesn't seem the most tolerant person in the world, but there we go. Uh, really... Frivolous point, next key. But when Frazier gives Martin his Valentines, he calls the what we call a ring pull the pull tab. Because he says, "I sorry, I didn't bring you the pull tab so you could smell it. Obviously a joke, I assume, like, if it was a wine bottle, you would smell the cork. So he's making a joke here. I have never, ever heard that, like, a pull tab. And I didn't realise they didn't call them ring pulls in the US.
1: I, I, I'm going to be honest, I missed that bit altogether. I wasn't honest, sure. The line
0: is so, like, Hit and miss that you know, I do not blame you for me picking up on the weird shit as always. <laughs> but uh, yeah, like they have like a really popular drink in the US called a tab. I think it's popular. Please correct me if I'm wrong. But maybe that's where it comes from. The tab, like, I don't know. Maybe there's something sorry, there.
1: But... If you say tab, I always think put it on my tab as in on your account?
0: Yeah, I mean, I, th- I See, think that that's high. American as well. Um, yeah. I think they have a purple, I think the drink's purple because I always think of like Homer on Simpson going, oh, I think I'll have a tap." Oh, no time for that. The computer's starting. And he oh, presses yes. the tab yeah. button on the keyboard. <laughs> Just such a bloody good saying. But yeah, there you go. Um, We've got a great line again from Tom where I- hang on, I haven't actually written down who says this line. Well, I certainly don't need to be asked twice. Can you remember who says that line? Because I've written it down without oh. any context.
1: It's Niles when she says um, oh yes
0: strong hands to take it out the other and he, one. He, like, pushes Tom back doesn't he got a stride like the way he enters the apartment as well and he's like I'm Dr. Niles Crane he's like shoulders are back he's kind of you know he's puffing out his chest he's uh, he's really kind of trying to man it up here. And Tom is obviously oblivious. I like the fact that Tom does follow him into the kitchen later and kind of you know says, Do you have a problem with me? You know, dating Frasier and then Niles' delivery of no, like smiling. <laughs> I just think it's such brilliant delivery from, from How I Pierce
1: again. Oh, it's wonderful. And I, I really like the fact that Tom addresses him because I think you've got to assume that from Tom's view, he's probably assuming that Niles is homophobic.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, or for sure.
1: Some kind of issue there. Um, or possibly, you know, maybe just the fact that it's his brother and maybe he thinks he's he's protective. But I do like the fact that Tom sort of calls him out on why he's acting weird. And Tom can see it, even if Daphne can't.
0: Yeah, I like that. And again, we have that constant dramatic irony. It's it's frustrating him anyways, that this character who's around for one episode or two, if you're, you know, counting Agents in America, and even he can see Niles kind of like, you know, the stuff that Daphne can't see. It's just like that kind of level of visibility that they've managed, like, convince us her character is, is kind of aware of and stuff.
1: Then and then Frasier takes her away because there are others who wanted to have a crack at
0: <laughs> I've written that line. Absolutely. <laughs> unbelievable. So many great puns just kind of wrapped up in this episode. I, in fact, I think this is probably the episode I've written down the most individual lines and quotes that I, I loved. I think I, I did say that about a previous episode. And I can't remember which one, but this has definitely superseded it now. I was writing down so many when I was rewatching this. I love the fact that Kitchens used a lot in the episode as well like perhaps the most it's been used yet in an episode i just think it's a really great space in the apartment and there's the whole like irony of the fact that whenever people are speaking in the kitchen no one else outside can hear them and you know that's something that people even who only have vague knowledge of fraser talk about because it kind of comes up on like memes and i've seen like news articles about it and kind of jokes and stuff like that so yeah i think i think the kitchen is such a great space in fact, one of the things I wanted to talk about involves the kitchen here. I think we have a unique shot now at this point in the episode. I think we might have talked about this before, but there's a unique shot here that doesn't occur at any point in the rest of the series, as far as I'm aware. And it's when they're on the balcony and we hear Martin's amazing laugh in the kitchen when he, him and Niles realise what's going on. <laughs> and we see the shot of them laughing through that drinks cabinet. And obviously the wall behind them, which is at the far end of the kitchen, that is obviously a false wall they've had to put in because normally that wall is the fourth wall where the cameras would be. And because we never, ever have this shot, they've had to put like a fake wall up. And I just love the fact that Whenever you see this camera angle, I love that it's never ever repeated in another episode. It's just something really nice about that. Yeah, I
1: really, I really love Martin and Niles in the kitchen. I mean, you don't actually see much of Martin and Niles in the kitchen together, but I love the way Niles. And I think Martin says, "You know, our oh, Tom seems great." Do you reckon him and Daphne? and he can't niles can't even get the words out he's just he's, <laughs> he's laughing he's got his like lips pursed his fingers on his lips just sort of shaking his head very slightly and it's then so good and then you know you cut from that and I think the next thing you see with either i mean you hear martin's laughter and it's just done so well it and is i think amazing. i think for the pair of them you can tell it would be so funny for them but you can't really show i, I don't think it would have been as funny if we saw either of them have that conversation because I don't think you would have been able to make it as funny as it is in your own head.
0: Yeah. You want to be on that balcony and hearing them kind of come to their conclusions, but not quite knowing how much do they know and you know how did it kind of when did the penny drop and it's just it's brilliant another part of this episode that's just handled so well and, and obviously the good point here again that idea of fast slowly building on top of each other throughout it's not one detail the balance on the next we still haven't got to the denouement where Fraser realizes yet like it's still building the tensions building we have that amazing bit on the balcony where Tom's like do you think we could uh, you know maybe get a little one-on-one time again very presumptuous and forward of Tom and I mean you know he's gone from like oh let's just have a drink first about 10 minutes ago so uh so let's get a little one-on-one time so i know they have to do this for the joke of the episode but i do think that line is out of character for him because it's really it's a very big step forward compared to how he's been up to now i think i feel
1: quite sorry for tom actually because if you actually thought this was a date This is one hell of an intense state. It is intense, everyone.
0: but it's also going really well from his point of view, isn't it? He's doing a great job. He's knocking it out of the ballpark. Yeah, he's <laughs> knocking it out and Fraser's being very receptive, obviously, you know, and just he's like, Oh, I think I can arrange that. Like the way he's just being so effeminate and like he kind of just walks from the balcony back into the apartment. And just yeah, I, I think for, I do feel sorry for Tom actually, and I just maybe there's a bit of resentment towards Frasier kind of in the lore of the show, and that's why he doesn't appear in other episodes. That's the only thing I can tell myself, to satisfy the fact he doesn't appear. It's a funny one.
1: Yeah, I think, uh, because obviously in Agents of America, they they are prepared, really, before BB's whole charade to let him go.
0: Yeah, they are, aren't they? Like, Tom's being really kind of obstinate about, you know... What should we give him a raise? Should we give him a new contract, etc.? So yeah, even though he's unseen up to the end of that episode, there is the implication that he's like, yeah, I'm kind of made his peace with Fraser a little bit. As in, he's made his peace with moving him on. And I just think, yeah, is the are we meant to read a bit of follow on from this episode in that, or again, just purely kind of plot vehicle, I think. It's anyone's game. Oh, another weird delivery here. When Niles tells Frasier what's going on, um, by the elevator Frazier says damn that Ross like it's funny but why does he say that I feel that's a play on something but I don't know what it's, it's like it's, it's a very common, like, yeah, it it, it almost feels like it's common in kind of like mid century, like, you know, maybe even classic Hollywood, like, oh, you know, damn that. I don't even know. I don't even know what example I can think of, but it, it does feel like it's like an old timey slang or like colloquialism. And it just doesn't make sense to me. Like, he would just say, damn Roz or, you know, I can't believe Roz. It just always sticks on me here, like, damn that, Roz. I think it is a okay. reference thing,
1: but yeah, I feel like in a lot of American sitcoms, I've, see, I've, I've heard a lot of people go, damn that. And then they sort of clenched their fists and sort of like punched the air a little bit in front of them sort of thing and i'm not sure if that's from something or if they're just i don't know but it is if, i feel like i've heard lines like this delivered quite a lot but no, i'm not I, sure
0: I, I, I do as well I, I don't know where it comes from or so you were gonna i think i spoke over you Then what are you gonna say no no i was i was pretty much done on that point i was gonna move to the next one so yeah well, feel, the next you know? point i want to bring up is one you've already mentioned which is frazier re-entering the apartment and the look of Tom and Frasier enters. <laughs> now, I seem to recall—I don't know where I saw this. What interview it was in? I feel like it was Joe Keenan again. It might have been actually. It might have been. I know Frasier, on in the Fraser box set that you ha- that I have, the Rainbow one. There is some kind of like. Commentary for certain episodes that are like really, really good. In fact, I spoke about this with John last week, and I completely forgot to bring this up on the episode, which would have been bloody useful. So, John, I know you're listening. I apologise, but they—I think they have like David and and Kelsey in the in the Kelsey album talking about the episode, and I maybe it was David Hypius, but he says this is the first time really that they they'd had like um on a major network sitcom that was like one of the most popular shows of its time that they had a man. Look at another man with like basically pure lust in his face, and that is obviously what Tom's looking like. He just looks hilarious because he's just there to seduce frazier and I just think, yeah, it is one of the funniest unspoken moments from from the entire show. I think, yeah, it, it's
1: a fantastic look from Tom. He does it's it really so so well, and I love just before he goes back in, uh frazier goes, "No, no, Tom's not gay," and <laughs> I was just. But well, he seems to be under that <laughs>
0: That's such a brilliant line.
1: It's so well done. And I just, yeah, I love the way, like, Frazier's sort of backing against the door. And and a little <laughs> bit as well, with, when uh, Tom says, you know, I've broken my rule for you. And Frazier's like, well, I've, I've bent mine a little bit as well.
0: Yeah, um, and then just after that, when he kind of, he says, I must be damn right adorable now. And he, like, glides, but he pushes the chair back under the table, and he, like, glides as he does it. It is unbelievable physical acting again. Um, that, that honestly, that glider and pushing the chair back in, he's kind of leaning back, looking like really innocent. That just is one of the funniest moments for me in the show. Like, I remember that from way back when I first saw this episode for the first time. Um, that always knocked me out cold. It was so good. But just a great back and forth, you know, it never occurred to me that you might be gay, and then it never occurred to me that you might be straight. straight. Oh, thanks for that. I love Daphne
1: in the background, just walking in, walking out, and I think she throws the bra in the air or something. (laughs) Yeah.
0: And he's like, I'll be, you know, tell Daphne I'm sorry. And he's like, oh, I will be for the rest of my days. And just again when he says, like, oh Frasier, I'll learn to love again. Like he delivers that exactly like the line. You know, um, I haven't given up hope at KACL. Like he, he delivers that in the same beat, the same rhythm, and again, just a really good delivery. I just think, you know, Eric Lutz really knocks it out of the park as as Tom Durant in this episode. I think it is just he. It, I'm not going to be able to do this, but if I was going to give my actor award to, to someone, it would be him for this episode. He was going to um, be. It would have been mine if yeah. I'd give, got the chance to do he's, so. it's unbelievable. I think. Yeah, but. I think the last point I've got really before we wrap up and do the kind of usual end of end of episode bits is I love the fact that it ends with them smoking again, which we talked about in Trivia Corner. Just really nice book ending the episode, having that at the beginning and the end, kind of bringing, making sure that the resolution with Daphne comes like unspoken before the next episode begins. Because, you know, you know, she's going to be mad as hell with Frage, and you kind of want that to be resolved before the next episode starts. You can forget all about it. Which obviously we do.
1: Yeah, it's really nice. I think the way the episode comes full circle in many ways. It's just it's a really nice way to finish it. And they're both. I think she realizes that Frazier's he had good intentions. You know, it's, in many ways, it's more awkward for Frazier than it is for her because she never has to see Tom again. He has to work with
0: him. <laughs> yeah, so. exactly. You know, she's 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 fine. She's you know that that's her, the end of the line for her and Tom Duran. But yeah, that's Frazier's boss. So it's, it's a funny one. But yeah, we've talked about with a given favorite actor to Tom Durant, but without not being able to give it to him, Who's your pick?
1: Kay? Part of me wants to give it to Daphne, just because it's the first time I think that you could even put her in the the conversation for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think just because of his physical acting, I think it's got to be Kelsey. I just, I think the second half of this episode, he just
0: shines. I think he does it fantastically. Make that a double on the tally because it's it's got to be Kelsey for me as well. I completely agree. Daphne's brilliant, and it was also a toss up between her and me, But there is literally about four or five lines and physical moments from Kelsey in this episode that are like god tier when it comes to just comedy and this, Fraser just doing comedy so well, this episode is just perfect for that, so yeah, it's gotta be that for me.
1: I was gonna say, in both of our tallies
0: uh, Kelsey is extending his lead then mm-hmm, so there we go I-
1: it is five to Kelsey, two to Niles, and one. I don't know why I mixed up actor names and character names. I don't
0: I, I quite like it. <laughs> so don't worry.
1: Kelsey's on five, Niles on two, Martin on one. And on yours, it's four to Frasier, uh, two to David
0: Pierce. <laughs> you've literally swapped across the whole thing. <laughs> and two for John Mahoney. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I've got four, two, two, and you've got five, two, one. Yeah. Yeah, brilliant. So, Frasier, Niles, Martin. Yeah, that was brilliant. That was <laughs> intentional. That was absolutely wonderful. Um, it was intentional by the time I got to David hyde penis. <laughs> I thought like I can do this. I've got to ask you, Key, our man on the ground, what would Kennedy Burling think of this episode, please? Have you spoke to him this week? Have you got his opinions for the matchmaker?
1: Kennedy Burling is currently, like, curled up on a sofa with Tom Durant, and Tom's just about to take his glasses off. <laughs> <laughs> They're having a great time. <laughs>
0: Well, I think it's best we leave them to it then. We close, <laughs> slowly close the door back out of that scene. No further explanations needed there, Keith. Thank you for that. Is this, ep- <laughs> is this episode in your top ten?
1: Um, I, I do love this episode. I think it's a great episode. And I think, for me, this is the first time season two really sparks into life.
0: Massively um, so. For me...
1: I think this has a lot of, I think this has a very much a, a, a pilot of, well, not a pilot,
0: a first episode of the season vibe. This Which really got, should have been the first got episode Got a new of the
1: station manager. And of course, in the next season, of course, a new station manager marks the start of a new season. So great. for me, this feels like a season opener and it comes with a bang. It's a great episode, but for me, it's not in my top 10.
0: That is very fair. It is not in my top 10 either. However, I love it. And this episode is ranked so highly among Frasier fans, so I know we're probably going to have people write in to say it is in their top ten. By all means, when we do our season two recap, I am sure this is going to figure highly for for both of us. Regardless, um, if I, you know, we're extending that top ten to top twenties, top thirties, maybe this this baby creeps in, but. Uh, one thing I've realized we didn't do last week, or we haven't done this week, is the title of the episode and if it's a reference to anything. But I've got nothing for The Unkindest Cut of All or The Matchmaker. I don't know if you have got anything on that for me. The
1: Unkindest Cut of All. Why not? This is a. Is there not a phrase like the deepest cut or I don't the know. Deep, it... The
0: deepest cut of all.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's a play on that. Um...
0: I, I think I've I just looked. The unkindest cut of all is from uh, is from Shakespeare. The most unkindest cut of all. I think it's from Julius Caesar. There you go. So there that go. is very much a literary reference to to Julius Caesar, which I, sh- I should have known. And I'm sure people were screaming at the podcast to uh, that they already knew that. So there you go. That one is very literary, which I really appreciate. But the Matchmaker, I've just googled it. There was a film in '97, but this predates that by like a couple of years. So, don't know if there was like a maybe that's a classic Hollywood film as well that it was remade. But it sounds like it could have been um, the Matchmaker. But there, there we go. Right before we jump over to listener mail, key, are you ready for whose crane is it anyway?
1: I am indeed.
0: Excellent. Well, now we can take a break because I haven't picked. Well, you uh, five? Let me find
1: one. Uh, we should just start, you know, putting this as part of our agenda each week. I
0: think we should actually. You know what? I'm. Not... In fact, yeah, I'm not going to cut this out. If you're listening, people, right now, beautiful fans, listeners. This moment right now happens every week because I ask Key, is he ready to play? Whose Crane is it anyway? And I haven't actually found him a quote yet. And we have to just listen to me mooch around while I'm looking for one. And then I always edit it out. But you know what? Key's right. We need to leave this in. We're <laughs> gonna keep, just like I, I, I left in the cock up at the beginning when we went straight into, a, into the review. Okay. I am going to ask you, Key. Okay. Who says, why, what's wrong with it? why what's wrong with it okay my this might be too easy actually but we're gonna go with
1: you know you say that i always get it wrong when you say it um okay my first thought is that it could be in nervosa when niles is going on about his coffee he says oh um does yeah is there something wrong with your coffee i was oh why what's wrong with it maybe maybe frazier says that back to him when they're in nervosa um that is oh, don't say that, mate. You're gonna, make me, <laughs> you're gonna make me question myself. Um <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna say in the Vosa. Frasier says it to Niles
0: I am afraid Guy that it is not in that scene, I led oh, you down yeah. a dark Freudian hallway uh, it is actually Daphne when Frasier says, is that what you're wearing oh the dress, yeah, yeah he goes, why, what's wrong with it, and then he says don't you have something with a little more oomph and then does, oh. his, uh, does the dance of the strapless as it were, hereby be known really oh, there we go is that what you're wearing? wow, what's wrong with it? Don't you have something with a little more oomph? Well, play K. Unfortunately, is eluded you this week, but uh, but we'll, we'll go again next week. Are you ready for listener mail? I'm um, indeed. Excellent. Let's jump over there. Graz, who's our next caller? Okay, Wait. so we've had a lot of people write in this week, um, or rather last week for uh, for the when we aired the unkindest could of all. Mr. Sydney Assbasket, can't wait to listen to this week's episode. Well, Sydney, Mr. Assbasket, you are listening now. Thank you very much for those kind words.
1: Okay, so from A2D A B X, uh, this show the show never fails to impress. Thank you so much for this. It has been my perfect quarantine companion. Keep it up. I recommend it to everyone I know. So wow that's, that's really great. lovely. Also
0: the way you said my perfect quarantine companion just really reminds me of when in Coffee with Niles when he says oh look there's Ross's coffee companion the way he says that always really annoys me but it like also like it so it's it's just like oh i read those words quarantine companion and i couldn't help but think of that
1: i think that's our new slogan now you your, your new quarantine companion yeah.
0: Quarantine companion mischief knight some fun bits under his trivia he put no way Fraser's favorite wine is chardonnay it's the merlot of white wines and when they finally pour it for dinner it's a it's very red for a shard. Some good wine knowledge here from Corey. Really loving this. Um, he put Niles and Martin's lass in the kitchen at scene are two of my favorite lass of all time. Well, ditto to that, my friend, as we've kind of said in the review. And he put, I'm surprised that for dinner, Frazier allowed Niles to be seated on one side of Daphne. Very good point. And it's in his top ten. So there you go. I said it would be in someone's top ten, and I haven't been disappointed. Um, I also love that fans are getting in with the top ten thing as well. We really genuinely want to know what's in your top ten. So try and keep them tallied and every time there's a new one make sure you list the previous one as well because me and key will definitely forget um but yeah thank you so much Corey. um, it's interesting actually i think i haven't i'm going to tell this story
1: because i have it it seems quite fitting for the episode but please do um it's funny that mischief says about it's being a merlot of red of white wines Mm -hmm. because we have a mutual friend called cal we do um, Cal does not know this, and I don't know if he listens to the podcast. If he does, he's told weird, me he I,
0: does, but we'll soon know if he's lying or not because he all okay, know well, this.
1: I haven't told Cal this, so it's gonna be a really <laughs> to find out. But it's gonna really embarrass him. I had a dream the other night that um, <laughs> I joined the dating app. Oh no. The, the match, exactly match. It matched people up solely based on their favourite wine. Oh my god, this and, feels like it could be real. And and Cal and I matched. <laughs> Because we both like a cheeky Merlot. <laughs> yeah, I've been trying what? to break into it. <laughs> this is a dream I had about a week ago. That is absolutely amazing. I mean, do you like
0: Merlot in real life? Um, Honestly, I'm a bit... I'm, I'll drink anything. Uh, yeah, I'm like you, to be honest. I wish I was refined, but I will drink anything anyone puts in front of me. Yeah, I don't
1: have the palate with wine to be able to distinguish between anything. So it's yeah. just... Oh, I can tell the <laughs>
0: difference between red and white, and that's it. <laughs> I'm with you. I mean, one, that dream sounds incredible, and two, sounds <laughs> so realistic as well. Like that, honestly, could be an actual dating service for like exceptionally rich people. So you know, if anyone's listening and they want to rip us off, you know, you're gonna to have to buy the intellectual property for that date. Yeah, I
1: feel I should have you know got a patent out before I made that. that comment.
0: <laughs> it could be called Merlot Match. Oh, that's good. There we <laughs> go. You've got to get alliteration in there, otherwise, what's the point? <laughs> Our next comment, on listener mail is from Dina D. Can you, do you want to read that out? Yeah, it's an absolutely lovely comment. Thank it really you, is, actually. Yeah.
1: Um, so, started listening to your podcast recently and wanted to wait until I was caught up before I commented. But I absolutely love, love, love this podcast. It is definitely my favorite and I listen to a lot of different podcasts. It is so cozy and I can listen to it no matter what I'm doing. You guys seem like the nicest guys, too. I really love how close you are and that you share this love for Frasier. I don't know anyone personally that loves Frasier as much as I do, so it's nice to know that there are other 20-somethings around the world that love it too. I started watching Frasier on TV when I was super young and just grew to love it so much that I would play it on Netflix in the background all the time. I was so glad to hear that I'm not the only person who did that. The show really also sparked my interest in psychology and that's what I chose to study at uni. It was oh, always okay. a comforting show, and this podcast is as comforting to me as the show was. I sincerely hope you keep it up. I will all absolutely be a regular listener and hopefully yeah. a regular commenter as well. Uh, wishing wishing you both good mental health all the way from the US.
0: Wow, oh, it's just That's ridiculous. Isn't it? Yeah, I, yeah. Mean, I, I mean, mean, I thought they were from the UK because they said uni, I didn't know that was yeah. a US thing.
1: Yeah, um, but Will actually sent me this comment, um, when
0: when it was posted. I Natsu. did. I posted this, I'm, I'm happy to say, on my Twitter and it got loads of likes, like probably about 30 people liked it, which for Twitter, I mean, for those of you who use it, you will know, is fairly high. It is just, it's incredible. It's so lovely, so nice. Um, the, using the word cozy again, the fact this show comforts them like Fraser does for me and for Key and that's what we wanted with this podcast. It's just, yeah, absolutely spot on. You really can't get any better than that, can you? So, thank you so, so much. Yeah, really, really lovely. Um, Next up is Recklier. Um, Quite a few little bits and bobs here, so I'm, I'm going to read Reclia's mini-review, but also a few little bits and bobs they mentioned. So, I, he said, you're not wrong on Frasier's three-hour shift. Roz mentions it as well in a later episode, which I can't recall. So, I mentioned, was that the first time um that we, we find out Frasier works for three hours? He put, I can confirm this isn't the episode where my scary moment happens. We still are looking for that scary delivery. I think it might be in the next episode. Could be way off there, but let's just keep our eyes peeled for next week. And Reckley's mini-review, what an episode. Take a simple plot, mix it up a little, and toss in a bucket load of laughs. The episode gets progressively more funny as Frasier's words continuously get misinterpreted couldn't agree more that is where the whole farce thing comes in he put this episode was full of so many brilliant lines if i had to pick i'd be biased to pick daphne's no i'm not raising my hopes tonight though i'm glad i raised my bosom. so thank you Um
1: so with with mischief nights i'm just gonna pick on some really interesting points he raises in his comments so um he picks up on our discussion of actors who weren't first choices another example he gives is um the character of ben linus from lost He was only supposed to be in in six episodes, but the actor Michael Emerson was so good, he became a major character. With Lost, I've tried to watch it several times because my mom loves Lost. Really? Um, and I can never... I get to like the start of season two and then it starts to frustrate me because I feel like there's more questions than answers. Yeah, um, it does seem
0: like a show like that. You need to want to be teased relentlessly.
1: Yeah, so I, I've always struggled to get through Lost, but it is a show that at some stage I want to get all the way through because I feel it was one of those really iconic shows that everyone Very
0: influential, about. wasn't it? Yeah. I mean, like, that I we you do that, a podcast after this, where we both watch it for the first time who knows that'd be a good idea that yeah. would be good we're I mean, very much very much the jury is out on what lies beyond we're listening <laughs>
1: um, well, like five or six years down the line yeah we were a, long a long way, way. Away. <laughs> um, but he also raises the point that it was very true of Kelsey himself he was only meant to be in three episodes of Cheers but he had such good delivery that they kept him on they tried to give him very bland lines to challenge him and he just kept knocking them out of the park so yeah it's a really good point and, uh, and I think I think it's, it's weird with so many comedies how often you I say you'd get people who aren't the first choice but you can't imagine anybody else doing it
0: yeah absolutely um, some really good really good examples there um, even just thinking about Kelsey but yeah Lost as well I love kind of bringing okay. in other media and stuff to get us talking about different things as well oh, are you going to say something then? I was going to
1: say I'll move on to our last comment I think but um, oh you yeah you're, you're like...
0: doing Cam as well aren't you? yeah go for so it
1: we've got, we've got Cam here uh, the last, last comment uh, I think Today's um, listener mail, help. I think it is. Uh, yeah, so uh, Mr. Will and Mr. Key, another great podcast as usual. I loved your informal banter at the start when you just started laughing over. I'm Will Key.
0: Uh, a running gag for people that uh,
1: hilarious never crack that i'm sure kennedy would appreciate it
0: <laughs> kennedy's busy right now
1: <laughs> kennedy is uh incommunicado at the moment <laughs> i will say though even though fraser only works three hours a day is there a lot of planning that we don't go to see follow-up calls to listeners who require it just a thought Good um, that's a good point. I know at one stage they do say we'll give you the number of another therapist. Who you yeah, know. they do do know. say that. Yeah. I don't know. Or maybe, yeah. I don't know. It'd be interesting. It'd be very interesting to know how much goes into it. You sure. get paid a lot for three hours. Um, yeah, he does. <laughs> I'm also thinking about how many times Martin goes into the powder room. You are right. It isn't often. Uh, but one that stands out to me is when he pretends to be in there with the new housekeeper, Trish, in the episode Bristle While You Work. Um, then, of course, she walks into the apartment and Martin fires her.
0: Oh, yes, yeah. um, so that's quite a ways down the line. But, yeah, very good
1: point. Then uh, Cam, he obviously gave the trivia which um, from Cam, Anna, and Preston, which we read out earlier. But he did make a little PS comment, which I'm going to mention, because it deserves a mention. Well done to AVFC for staying up. Yes, yes we have we to shout out.
0: Our beloved Aston Villa stayed in the Premier League and Hamish has adopted them all the way from New Zealand as his own team now, which we love. Um,
1: in many ways, the
0: greatest comeback of all time. All you, time. Don't listen to anyone else who says it's not. Also, he says it's in his top 10, which is another 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 person writing him with a top 10, which is just amazing to see. Really, really interesting.
1: Uh, Cam and, and Mischief, I think, the two who've, who've got it in their top 10. Um, were there any from season one in your top 10 that we haven't made a note of? I know a few people, I think, said with coffee that So so definitely coffee said that uh, my coffee with niles was in his top 10 so it'd be interesting to know if there's been any so far that
0: yeah people haven't let us know yeah yeah i I mentioned to john actually last week um when we were talking that you had said if you could do your top 10 again that my coffee with NARS would probably factor in. You'd probably retcon your top 10 and put it back in or something. You said you regretted not yeah. putting it in. But I also said I'm glad you didn't do that, because it's keeping me guessing whatever your uh your tenth one will be. Um so <laughs> there we go. But yeah, thank you everyone who wrote in. That was really great to hear from you all, as always. And I think we are gonna I don't know if we'll probably talk about this off air, but I'm fairly certain we'll commit to recording that Joe Keenan interview, and that will be our bonus episode we record this week, and we'll upload that. Obviously, you guys won't know because it will be uploading at the the same time as usual but we you know we will have recorded them kind of back to back because of my mind being on holiday but yeah i think i think that this is the perfect time to do it after one of his episodes i think you know we, we've, we've been wondering when would it fit I think now is as good a time as any. So. Yeah,
1: I think it fits in well. And I think another filler episode that we could do at some stage is discussing the rumours about the, not a reboot, but sort of a new series. And Yeah, oh, we've talked you know. about
0: this. We definitely need to do that. Well, I, I reckon we get that in at some point for season two. Um, I reckon, I mean, we've got another 20-something weeks. There might be some more information escaping there. Or it, it might just be a purely fantasy kind of episode for us to speculate about what our perfect reboot would look like, which I think would be equally as fun. Um, So we can definitely... Definitely do that. Um, But other than that, I've been Will. I've been Kay. Thank you very much for listening to We're Listening. Hey baby, I hear the blues are calling. Tossed salads and scrambled eggs. Oh man. And maybe I seem a bit confused. Yeah, maybe. But I got you pegs. Ha! 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 But I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled eggs.